Chapter 2. Are we alone in the universe? Really? After the last chapter, how surprising so few people are aware, the question, are we alone, that is in the universe, is a very recent concept. It's a question propagated primarily by modern scientists, consisting primarily of this most recent group to arrive on the world scene, atheists. By espousing the theories of a man named Charles Darwin, then this newest addition to our world's belief system has developed the ego-inflating concept that humanity is simply the top of an evolutionary heap originating here on Earth. Darwin's theories in his work Origin of the Species formed the modern evolutionary movement which remarkably bears all the traits and qualities of a religion. In this version, nature is deity with humanity being its chief creation. But in reality, this new godless idea is less than 200 years old, a tiny speck in the course of human history. It stands in stark contrast to the thousands of years of unwavering belief in higher beings. Ironically, scientists and atheists, including many religions, continue to promote the idea we are the sole masters of everything we purvey. But what a way to stoke our modern pride and egos. By isolating ourselves into our own little universe, it's possible to imagine we are the solitary masters of everything. But honestly, are we? Or are we simply the proverbial ostrich with its foolish head stuck in the sand, waving its silly derriere to an amused universe? Considering the scientific face of this equation, our advancements in understanding the complexities of quantum mechanics and particle physics as many scientists coming full circle. Coupled with this new understanding is our increasing understanding of DNA and its myriad, myriads of mind-bending codes. Consequently, many of the more astute scientists are logically being forced to reconsider earlier conclusion as presumptive and foolish. Scientist Niels Bohr once stated something to the effect, anyone who is not shocked by quantum theory doesn't understand it. It's shattering our whole notion of reality. From the bits and pieces I've accumulated over the years, many of the more open-minded or honest particle physics physicists, not to name names, are being forced to rethink the accepted scientific nature of our existence as premature. For example, in the study of photons or light, in the two-slit experiment, all known laws of light behavior and logical expectations are defied. In that experiment, photons appear to exhibit an actual level of awareness. Shockingly, it seems photons literally behave differently in response to being observed versus not. That fact really has scientists scratching their heads. But many scientists in that field, such as the late Charles Missler, have come to understand everything we see around us, including our bodies, are quite literally a digital simulation. After all, Everything at its core is pure energy, information delivered in quantum bursts. Of course, the big problem with digital simulation is that it requires great intelligence. It cannot simply happen by chance. This further realization of the complexities of the physical world is far more astonishing than was ever before imagined and is wearing down many die-hard evolutionists in the science community. In fact, 50 of them even got together and wrote a book on creationism. The fact is, if Darwin had known even a fraction of what now is common knowledge and accepted scientifically, he could never have remotely entertained such a silly idea as positive, progressive DNA mutation in the first place. 
Darwin's problem was that he was simply too ignorant to ever remotely arrive at any proper conclusions. One of those unavailable technologies at the time was the understanding of computers and computer coding. Computer programs can only do what the code instructs it to do. One thing's for sure, computers cannot write their own original base code. It takes outside intelligence and information to do that. DNA code is much the same, only much more sophisticated. According to Dr. Stephen Mayer, former director of the Center for Science and Culture in Seattle, DNA is a code of some three billion genetic letters which are detailed instructions for assembling complex proteins and acids. This shocking complex coding could only have been accomplished by extremely sophisticated intelligence, that is, from outside the organism itself. But who or what is that outside source? In addition, the more science advances in understanding, the more concretely established is the fact that the universe is actually winding down, that is, devolving, not evolving, this winding down, differentiating between heat and cold equalizing, of the universe is known as entropy, in, in of the laws of thermodynamics. In order to wind something or someone down, it has to be wound up first. With the thought of devolution in mind, an oft-unrealized and ignored proof is the enormous number of giant human skeletons that have been unearthed around the globe. Some human skeletons as large as 36 feet have reportedly been found. That's from Steve Quayle's book of giants. Of course, this is a truth that's been valiantly suppressed by the mainstream media for obvious reasons. After all, races of giants are irrefutable proof of devolution, not evolution. If the Christian notion of transdimensional adversary or devil of humanity has any merit, what an amazingly effective tool evolution can be to maintain anonymity. In fact, anonymity is an extremely effective weapon of war. If one can first conceal the fact that they are an enemy, as well as having motives to enslave and or destroy their adversaries, they have essentially already won the war. This is one of the essential military teachings at West Point. It's from the art of war. Again, let's not forget, the truth is stranger than fiction. The ease with which our modern society concludes this physical world or dimension that we identify with our five senses as a sum total of what exists is very ironically shocking indeed. Reality is an illusion, albeit a persistent one. Albert Einstein For instance, no one has ever actually seen an atom as they are individually just too small. Yet scientists have no problem believing in them. They know atoms ex exist only because of the tracks they leave in bubble chambers or other detectors, not because they can literally be seen. Ironically, even smaller unseen things, that is, subatomic particles such as the Higgs boson or quarks, was recently discovered using the CERN particle accelerator. Scientists believe it existed even though there wasn't any actual evidence. They accepted the boson's alleged existence only because there is a gap in the big picture that had to be filled with something. The great irony here is that it was dubbed the God Particle. How interesting, hypocritically actually, that many of us having overwhelmingly evidences of higher intelligence and presence through clearly answered prayer and miracles are not allowed to accept such evidences as fact. 
while science establishes fact with far less. Is that not hypocrisy at its finest? Believing in things not seen simply by the evidence left, that is bubble tracks, is a procedure science incorporates with the atomic and subatomic world, yet if we use that same procedure to establish the fact of clever design by an intelligent architect via the evidence all around us, we're not allowed to accept it. Speaking of believing in things we cannot see or touch, modern science has recently been discovering and adopting the concept of the existence of other dimensions. With that in mind, most interested in science knows or has heard of something called string theory. String theory is the concept of one-dimensional strings vibrating in at least ten dimensions beyond ours. But the idea of other dimensions is nothing new. In fact, other dimensions were known and written about as far back as the 12th century CE. It was Rabbi Nakamadis, uh, also called Ramban, who wrote about just such a concept of ten dimensions, but with only four knowable, almost a millennium ago. But with such supposed limited technical understanding, where would he have gotten such a notion? Is it possible Ramban arrived at his conclusion of other dimensions via knowledge of ancient trans-dimensional beings such as angels? Or maybe he arrived at such a concept via apparent trans-dimensional entities like UFOs. After all, they can suddenly appear out of nowhere, displaying amazing physics-divine maneuvers, and then simply disappear. Does this not qualify them as trans-dimensional? We must not forget UFOs are nothing new. We have ancient writings of flying objects called Vimanas, going back 20,000 years in Hindu Sanskrit writings such as the Mahabharata. We also find mention of UFOs in the hieroglyphics of the Egyptian tomb writings. Even Alexander the Great and his troops reported witnessing a strange flying metallic craft that assisted them in conquering of this ancient city of Tyre. This flying metallic craft reportedly accomplished the destruction of Tyre's fortified stone walls using a beam of light. Even today, there have been hundreds of documented sightings of crafts appearing, disappearing, and displaying similar physics-defying antics. Ironically, most of those documented sightings are by the military and NASA. The most common explanation in these supposed alien beings are from our galaxy and are simply more evolved technologically, allowing them to defy our physics. But to me, there is a more logical explanation it's their superior abilities allowing them to travel between dimensions. Many such as Eric Van Daniken speculate it's these beings we call aliens that directly interacted with ancient humanity and formed the substance of our beliefs in the mythical gods. Could they be correct in arriving at such a conclusion that aliens or UFOs and the ancient gods are actually one and the same? The ancients believed their gods, or God, resided in this mythical place called heaven. It was from there these superior beings apparently appeared and disappeared like UFOs. Is there any more fitting modern phrase to describe this ethereal place other than dimensional, other dimensional? Other dimensional would be all around us yet still not here. Again, if a being resides in another parallel dimension and interacts with this dimension, does that not render them trans-dimensional? For me, this is not such an ethereal concept considering my many personal experiences. We'll look at many of them in upcoming chapters. 
again, and not to be too redundant, does transdimensional not also explain the so-called aliens and their physics divine antics for which they are so famous? Is immunity to our laws of physics really so inconceivable, if literally from another dimension? At any rate, it appears obvious by the abundance of ancient writings that our ancestors had acute understanding of the reality of other dimensions, and those who came and went calling them gods, though aliens they may be. This acceptance of the reality of transdimensional beings puts them way ahead of our modern scientists, does it not? It seems rather obvious, but it still leaves a glaring question. Just what happened, that is, between ancient times and now, to change our perspective so radically? Even modern religions seem to have adopted to a degree the scientific denial of things beyond their understanding, that is, things they can't see, taste, hear, or touch. How strange is that? It really makes no sense considering most faiths are based on just that, faith, in things we cannot touch, see, hear, or taste. It seems the faiths have very little faith. Whether scientific or religious, is this godless way of viewing our universe the result of true education or simply foolish modern arrogance and willing ignorance? Again, pardon the redundancy. How can thousands of gods, years of God worship and belief, be casually brushed aside as if it had no solid basis in reality? These are very valid and timely questions that assuredly deserve a far better address than our world's religions and scientists have been willing or able to deliver. Sadly, the religious world's feeble attempt to assemble bits and pieces of plausibility to appease their followers while filling their pockets has only resulted in major confusion, to say the least. Consequently, this religious confusion of hypocrites, hypocrisies, falsehoods has caused many to abandon their beliefs and concepts of God altogether, relegating those beliefs to, again, mere myth. After all, these transdimensional beings of our ancestors, obviously embraced, would have been far less ethereal than our modern concept of angels and demons. We know this because they were addressed with personal names and written of in real-time uh, real sense. Again, and all considered just what could possibly have occurred to cause such an enormous shift in perspective in our supposedly enlightened modern era. What are we missing? Just what is it we think we have learned to prompt us so casually dismiss thousands of years of powerful ancient beliefs and experiences with higher transdimensional beings, or gods. Since orthodox views have obviously failed to adequately resolve this dilemma, there is an explanation, albeit an extremely unorthodox one. Could it be the gods of our ancient ancestors so vigorously validated were actually present and real in those forgotten days? These ancient gods, for unknown reasons, that is to modern humanity, then abandon them, leaving modern man to seemingly fend for ourselves. Is it also possible these ancient gods used the restless sands of millennial time to effectively erase the once common knowledge of their existence and our ancient forefathers' coexistence with them? After all, for a being that exists outside our time continuum, time can be not only a great tool, but a very effective weapon at least against those have, that have no such luxury as unlimited time, i.e. immortality. Were the ancients really less enlightened than us, or have we simply regressed into a modern, godless, 
non-polytheistic ignorance. Unfortunately, there's a smell of a nasty old rat in all this. If modern humanity was able to understand and embrace the reality of these transdimensional adversaries, who and what they are or were, and the enormous influence they wielded over mankind, especially for evil, wouldn't it give us the ability and opportunity to fight back? But again, if transdimensional adversaries were able to coerce us into believing they don't exist, have they not, for all practical purposes, already won the battle and or the war? Wouldn't such anonymity prompt humanity to dismiss the overwhelming evidence of their involvement in human affairs as simple coincidence and or the human condition? Actually, we have the biblical and once biblical books confirming this concept of adversarial beings residing in a transdimensional place. This evidence was recorded for us thousands of years ago and is an extremely essential key to understanding everything in our past, present, and future. It says in Ephesians 6.12 in the Bible, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Is this passage, if this passage was true a couple of millennia ago, would it not be any, would it be any less true now? Have modern Westerns people really become more enlightened and advanced in understanding? Or have we simply been reduced by the ravages of time to a gaggle of ignorant goyim groping for cosmic enlightenment once commonplace?